0: Welcome to the Inside Tri Show with Helen Murray.
1: This is the podcast that takes a deeper look at the sport
0: with in-depth interviews and special episodes to keep you
1: entertained and inspired while you're training.
0: All right, and we're off. Let's go.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Inside Tri Show. I'm Helen Murray and each week on the podcast I bring you awesome interviews from triathlon and beyond. This week's show is all about the Pan-Celtic race series. It is my big A goal for the year. You're going to be hearing the ins and outs of what exactly it is with organiser Matt Ryan a little bit later on in the podcast. But before you hear from Matt, just you need to know it is a self-supported bike packing race. It's in July. I am doing it in a pair and we are going to be doing a loop of Brittany in northwestern France before getting the ferry across to England and then riding up to North Wales. It's 1700k and the idea really is to do it as fast as you want to do it and it is on roads, okay? So now you have the basics. I think it is high time that you meet my partner in crime, Lowry Bowen, who... I'm going to be doing this thing with, up until January 2022, Lowry was just a listener to the podcast. I say just a listener. There's more to her than that. But the point being, I didn't know her until fairly recently. But she got a little bit excited, actually, about Rich, my husband, and I doing the Neudart Highland Ultra last year with Beyond the Ultimate, the three-day running thing. And she messaged me about it. And that is how our friendship began, really. So from random photos of her mountain biking in the Noidark Peninsula in Scotland, she has become a really good friend. And over the last year, she has helped me more than she will ever acknowledge because she says she hasn't done anything, but she really has with my Welsh. She is a Welsh speaker. She is hard as nails, like properly hard as Nails and you might hear a little bit more about her own mad adventures and her background in triathlon. Maybe you're gonna hear that another time, but for now, after our first ride together a couple of months ago, it was about time we put a bit more training in together. So I completely and utterly forgot to actually get the phone out. We've had pizza, we've had donuts. What was on the donuts, Larry?
2: uh a Nutella. Nutella. Nutella um sea of Nutella. <laughs> it was literally swimming in Nutella. <laughs> I don't say it probably Nutella with
1: Donut. <laughs> so we're nicely fueled for our uh, ride tomorrow. Um Yeah, yeah I guess Lori hello. People people won't know some people might know you, but most people won't know you. Um How on earth and why on earth are we doing the pan-celtic together? How's that happened?
2: Yeah, um well somebody was asking me the other day and um, I was scratching my head. I'm not I think we've both we've both sort of egged each other on um and and somehow convinced each other that that the other one really wanted to do it. <laughs> and now here we are. Um so yeah, I yeah, I'm not quite sure. I think I think it came from had you had you done something on a podcast about it?
1: Yep, I know exactly. Should I tell you what my my version? Yeah, 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 please, please. So I remember I was on the turbo in the garage. I seemed to do a lot of stuff on the turbo in the garage last year. And I must have said on the podcast when I interviewed Lodi Lowry, Morgan and um, Mimi Anderson, so the adventurers, and I said something like, wow, that Pan-Celtic sounds amazing. You messaged me, because I was on the turbo, you messaged me, you said, that sounds great. So I said, I'm keen
2: if you are. Yeah And my inability to say no <laughs> scuppered me. <laughs> and at that point, right, honestly, that was probably about a year ago. Yeah. I literally didn't even
1: know you. No, that, that's true. That is true. So it could be an interesting pairs experience.) <laughs> <laughs> so though, have you ever ever done anything
2: um, have you ever done anything like this before? Uh, Pan-Celtic type of thing? No, yeah. no I've done some bikepacking loosely terms of bike well probably not bike yeah bike touring probably um but that that's a more of a sightseeing uh okay. sedate type of a trip but no no nothing nothing as crazy as this are you looking forward to it i can't wait i cannot wait um yeah it'll be um it will be a bit of a challenge but oh, i think anything's achievable um you just point the bike in the right direction and we'll get going <laughs>
1: And you know what, when the last bit, when we do the final bit to get to the finish line, which is in North Wales, at, at some point, basically, we have to bang a left, right? And I think at that point, as like long the sea, as... the isn't it? Yes, you know, right? We get to the sea, so We get the sea, left. it's yeah. And as long yeah. as that point, if we keep the sea on our right, <laughs> okay. we'll be fine. Yeah, I think we're right.
2: No worries. When we get to Ireland, um, yeah, we might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope we don't.
1: What are you don't. Mo- what are you most looking forward to?
2: Um, I think, honestly, I th- I think it's... Being on the bike for a length of time. Um, I absolutely loved um, when, when I was touring out in um, Colombia. I absolutely loved days where um, where you just, you yeah, you're just looking out on, on bits that people usually drive past really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, you just get a different vista, um, a different feel for a country. Um, and, and that's what I'm most looking forward to. Um, and obviously your chat.
1: <laughs> well, this you is the thing, right? that in <laughs> Like, I can talk a lot. Mm-hmm. I think you can talk quite a lot too.
2: Oh, um, yeah, I heard that said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's just going to be... I I wonder if we will be known as, like, the chatty kind of pair, the ones who just never stop talking. Yeah. I don't know. Do you get, like, do you get
2: annoyed and moody? Do I need to be prepared for... Um, I don't think so. Um, okay. but, but I believe in work. Um, <laughs> apparently, yeah, well, not apparently quite often. I'm asked if I've eaten or did I want a piece of cake or, uh, is it time for lunch? Um, so, um, yeah, I think, I think I must get some sort of grumpiness with, with my hunger. Um, so yeah, so, uh, plenty of, plenty of food and, and I'm, uh, I'm pretty chilled well about. you
1: see so I think I do think we're similar on that front because I get I get really especially with riding with Rich I don't know what it's like with other people I probably can hide it a bit more I don't know but with Rich I'll get really annoyed when I'm hungry so I think as long as we keep on top of our food and nutrition
2: hopefully so so here's a question for you yeah then, go on if there's one if there's one croissant left in <laughs> Hal- the shop we're halving it Alright, oh, okay we're halving it <laughs> Um,
1: I, I remember once in when Rich and I were riding through Italy and I was getting so annoyed because Rich has a very different metabolism to me and I need, I need food. And I was getting in my, in my head really an angry because I was thinking, like, why are we not stopping? Why are we not stopping? Rich, I need to stop! <laughs> so, like, just found this bar, went in, got a Coke and a pastry, shoved it in my face. Rich obviously had the same... And I was like, I'm going back for a second. Went straight back to the bar, <laughs> and I think the man was like, "What on earth?" So yeah, as long as we eat, right? Yeah, okay, we'll be yeah, fine. I agree.
2: Um, What are you least looking forward to? Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. Um. I don't think I thought any. Yeah, I don't think I thought of anything that I'm good. Like this. Excellent. <laughs> to be
1: honest, I um, I think I am most looking forward to doing. Something, actually, you know what? As a pair, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to chatting, getting to know, like, you better, all that kind of... It sounds really weird, but getting <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I, I really am, because I've never done anything like this with a friend. Yeah. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. And, again, this bit might sound really
2: stupid, but actually, as a female pair, yeah, I'm looking true. forward to that. Really well, looking forward to that. Although, actually, that, yeah, I'm saying true, but actually I've I've... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm being I'm being unfair because I yeah I I I have cycle toured with with a friend who is yeah. female from yeah. um, Columbia like I said, and I and I've done a uh, jog with another mm. girl who I who I didn't know very well either. Um, and That. Is- <laughs> So, so, and we got to the end. I'm hoping, so, hoping
1: uh, Colombia bodes well. I'm, 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 yeah, and there
2: were no murders, so yeah, I, I think that's a win.
1: Okay, <laughs> um, the bit that I'm, I, the least bit. Um, I don't know. Probably something along the lines of peeing you off for some reason. That 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 kind of thing. Not not that I'm thinking that straight away, <laughs> but that's the kind of thing that I would not enjoy
2: yeah um if that
1: makes sense yeah it's I good could, to talk about these things yeah, where we've only I'm just sure. like hit record right now
2: No, I mean I mean the last yeah the last twice I mean you know it's just about being honest isn't it and, yeah. and being receptive to somebody being honest to you about what what's going on and there'll be days where you know um something happens and you're not not in the greatest of moods and You know, you just want... Or you want a bit of peace and quiet and you just say, listen, you know, shut up. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm going to get a head off over there. And I went, you know, an hour to myself. Thanks very much. Um, As long as we're still moving forwards, I don't mind.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what is your pastry of choice, Laurie? Important question here, because we are going to be cycling around Britain. Oh, yeah.
2: A Chuson pom. Ooh. Yeah.
1: So the apple thing. Yes. Okay. And you would absolutely kill me and like stomp on the pedals if I bought you what, what would you hate
2: oh uh, anything with frangipane okay, anything marzipan. yeah 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 there'd be no touching of that
1: <laughs> okay for me um, yeah tell me tell me now uh, I love a pan au raisin oh yeah We. Oui? in fact anything like pan au chocolat pan au raisin the thing that I would just be like oh why did you choose that would be anything with like cream in it oh, if you yeah, bought me a chocolate yeah, eclair okay. and I was absolutely ravenous
2: yeah, there's no chance of me sharing a chocolate eclair <laughs> There's no chance of me sharing a chocolate, to Claire. Don't you worry. Been, <laughs> that, 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 that wouldn't leave the shop. I wouldn't leave the shop. Um, I'd have finished it before I got to the door.
1: <laughs> oh my god! So what we doing tomorrow, by the way? What what what's happened? So we we've done one <coughs> ride together so far. That was um, well, I could say on my home patch, like it was in North Wales. I've now come to your patch, South Wales, um, and we're going to do two two big days in the saddle.
2: Yeah, um, so we've it's, it's been pretty fluid. Um, fluid being the right word because it's whores down um, every every day for the last uh, three months. I and think, how everything. do you say
1: that in Welsh, by the way? What's the, what's a the special word for
2: absolutely wanging it down, for chucking it down? Pisholaur. Pisholaur. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: okay. Maybe don't say that in your exam. <laughs> 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 um yeah but uh, yeah it, it's it's been hosing down but we've had that nice bit of weather so I'd figured we might cycle down to um Tembe and then back to Camavan because my folks live in Camavan as a bit of a a cheat stop um no bivvying then no bivvying not this time <laughs> but um oh the weather looks uh, pretty dire tomorrow morning um and well in fact it looked pretty dire all day so I've amended amended the route so we're going to do uh, slightly more scenic cross country route from Cardiff up over a few mountains, the Bwlch um, and the Black Mountain in Carmarthenshire. Um, ideally for some views. Um, <laughs> but I suspect, suspect we might see some cumulus Um, but yes, yeah. So we'll we'll get about a hundred miles in the legs. Okay. Uh, until we get to Carmarthen, and then uh we'll have dinner, dinner, home cooked dinner in Carmarthenshire. Um, and then we'll turn around and we'll come back a different way um, on, uh, on Saturday. Fab. Right. Well, yeah. uh, I reckon sleep might be a good thing. Yeah, I think so. Oh the off Val. In
1: We hit record on Thursday evening, didn't we? Ahead of two days of riding. And it's now Saturday evening and we are back in Casa Lowry. Uh, we have a Wrexham Lager on the go brought down from north wales excellent preparation uh, we've just had jacket potato and cheese and some cold meats cup of tea a mm, few nuts salad salad you didn't want the salad no i didn't want salad. no <laughs> <laughs> the salad was very good um I've, I don't, have we, I've got stripes on my arms definitely haven't yeah. oh yeah you've yeah. got stripes too yeah. um Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, how would you sum up... That was definitely not from Friday. How would you sum up the um, two days of riding, there?
2: How would I sum it up? Um, yeah. I think I'm going to be a bit cliched and say it was a journey of two halves. <laughs> oh. Well. Uh, on many fronts, hell. It was, actually, wasn't it? Yeah, many fronts. Go on, say some of the fronts. <laughs> uh, I'd say it was definitely um, a more hilly ride. Um, out. Yeah. Day one. Day one. It was... Potentially a more scenic ride on day one, I would say. I like the word potential, yep. Yeah, um, it was 1,000% uh, wetter and colder. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas uh, today was relatively flatter. mm mm-hmm. Uh, it was scenic in parts. Uh, when uh, because it was uh, oh well, I'll go back and I, the the weather was great. Yeah. Today really really sunny fab. It was ben amazing. Wind. It was amazing. Um, so you know we we got the best of the, the vistas uh today, but it was a less scenic route. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I, we had more stops. Today. Yeah. Oh we because we had a... we had we had we had more sitting down stops. Rather than just like, well, actually, okay, the one thing so
1: yesterday, um, as you say, it was very, very hilly and it was so, so wet. And I, um, I, well, I, I, where do I even begin? Like, lunchtime, we stopped, but the place we stopped, I think I was colder sitting in there with a hot coffee than I had been when we pulled in.
2: 100%. I mean, have <laughs> never sat indoors with my coat on due to the fact I was actually shivering. <laughs> and my, I went for the um,
1: buff look. I had a buff in my bag and I thought, because I was really cold and I was like, I don't have a hat. Oh, I've got a buff. Yeah. So I sat there and you were just laughing because you thought it looked like a swimming cap. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so yeah, that was the mistake of stopping at a visitor centre, which yes. obviously they're saving money yeah. and didn't have any heating on no. at all. And it's and, quite big, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and even trying to dry your hands, it, the, the, like the hand dryer worked for two seconds and then went yeah. off. So, they, yeah. so yeah, so that was yesterday. And then when um, I was, I don't know quite what happened... I was just struggling yesterday, that's what happened, I was well, struggling.
2: Well, let, let, let's not gloss over the fact that it was howling with, with wind and rain. We'd gone up over the Bulch, which is a decent climb, we'd come down a long descent, we'd got cold, and then actually the weather opened up a bit, mm. and then I think, I think we must have cycled about 30, 30 odd miles after that, and then um, the weather was marginally better, it, it stopped raining, and yeah. it, we weren't cold, we weren't warm, but no. we weren't cold and then we got ourselves to Bryn Amman, ready for the uh, big long um, ascent up to the black mountain and the heavens opened and at it that point absolutely tipped down. you said
1: helen do you want to stop here
2: i get I, some food in you because <laughs> yeah, i saw a shot.
1: <laughs> and you knew i was struggling <laughs> and uh, i came out with a packet of six Pain au chocolat in a packet, like I really would not normally buy these things. Demolished three in front of Lowry within the space of three minutes.
2: <laughs> I, I I I honestly think that you if there's a Guinness World Book of Records for demolishing a pan au chocolat or three pain au chocolat, you'd be high up. High up on that list.
1: <laughs> just
2: so I'm just gonna keep
1: going. <laughs> oh and then yeah then I got really, 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 really cold on the descent after that. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, got it's so a, cold.
2: <clears> it's um, it's a shame actually, because um, it was a, it is a, it's a great, uh, it's a great view from the top. We did get a little bit of a view um in when the mist uh and and the clouds rose, but um, it's a fabulous, fabulous descent normally in the dry. I um, hated it. But, I um, it. was so. It was it was quite windy, wasn't it? Yeah. And then, and then when you thought we'd got to the bottom of the Black Mountain, there's there's, what, there must have been. At least five miles of downhill, yeah, and you know, like um, I mean, no feet, no hands, no arms. One of
1: the problems I was having, I've got quite thick gloves, especially in the cold and whatever. But I got to the point that only two fingers would work on the brakes, yeah, yeah, and and then they would slip, and it's just like a little bit, little bit hairy, and then um, your then basically the sun came out when we got within about half an hour of ending our
2: ride, and it was yeah. glorious. Yeah, it was it was stunning, wasn't it? Yeah. I and mean, it picked out picked up the castles. We went past yeah. uh, Dinard. We went past Dassloin. Dassloin, particularly in, in the in the light, the castle. Um, yeah, no, it was great, wasn't it? And mm-hmm. oh, also we missed out that we had to stop for an obligatory photo. <laughs> we, oh yes, yeah, yeah. Where was that, Helen? In Bethlehem? In Bethlehem, yeah. And Who what happens thought?
1: in Bethlehem, Loli? Well, or what did used to happen?
2: Used to. There used to be a huge, mad rush Christmas time. People would go to the post office and send all their Christmas cards. So it would be franked with um, Bethlehem on the stamps. the stamps. <laughs> <I love that. laughs> um, and then we were rescued, basically, by your... Not rescued.
1: We were oh, no, we revived. Arrived. We were yeah. revived. Yeah. When we got to your parents' house, yeah. um, with lasagna and red wine and crumble and ice cream, and it was and a warm bed and a hot shower, and it was amazing.
2: Well, I was even, I was, I was, I was most impressed. I mean, it, it was. It was obviously that I'd brought a guest back with me because the heating was actually put on. I mean, that <laughs> never happened. So, um, you, you've struck gold. You've struck... It's nice and cozy. <laughs> we got through some newspaper though, didn't we? In, in oh drying my the God. shoes.
1: Like probably about three pounds,
2: yeah, and the claws on the uh, on the Rayburn. Oh yeah, my yeah, yeah, god! Yeah. And then yeah,
1: then today, I mean, it, as you say, it could not have been more different. And I I don't know if you noticed at all, but did you did you think, oh, Helen seems in a bit of mood today?
2: I don't know. Well, in fairness, I was quite relieved that you were actually speaking to me because in that bit. <laughs> In that bit of the Black Mountain, I when I was feeling cold, I know you feel colder than me normally, and I just thought, oh my goodness, Helen must be hating this, and she's never, ever going to speak to me, let alone cycle with me ever again. <laughs> I was like, oh no. But anyway, yeah, so I was quite glad that you were speaking to me this morning, um, so that was a good sign. Um And also, you, you'd put your shorts on, uh, like yeah, me, yeah. so... um yeah. So, um. Yeah, that was all good. Yeah, it
1: was. And then today, I just, I really, really liked today, and I do think a big part of that was the fact that the sun came out. Yeah. Um. But I mean, just some of the views, um, were beautiful and the sunshine, and yeah, I absolutely loved it. And so today we did about what did you say eighty eight miles? About eighty
2: eight miles. Yeah. So we came back via the coast, really through. Yeah. Um. You could see Stefan Castle, uh, Kidwelli, um, down to Swansea, yeah. uh, we we had, we had a detour down to the Mumbles oh, we, yes. for some lunch, right? And then um, and then yeah, um, flew back then. Yeah, um, we did a bit of TTing. We did do a bit of TTing across yeah. Talbot. Yeah, <laughs> and then up, up through Kenfig Hill, and then back through the lanes. Really, it um, been it's yeah, been it was
1: brilliant and actually yesterday I felt a little bit especially going up many of the day the black mountain Mm. i was like oh my god i'm not fit on a bike i am struggling up this hill all that kind of stuff and then actually today i'm like no don't be silly you're fine yeah like and it's almost like the confidence came back
2: yeah yeah i mean like like i say i mean you know there was a there was a decent amount of climbing on day one um we had we had the half of the climbing today Yeah. yeah um and also in the sun yeah um just so yeah no, it was great it was great oh my
1: yeah. god but, like, the, like the beer it, i don't know we have happy days and then right so next up because obviously we live very far apart so training together is not that easy but next time you're coming north and we're I gonna am? go and do an audax mm-hmm. have you done an audax before no no nor me mm-hmm. so 200k yeah i don't i don't really know much else starts in england but it's okay don't worry we're gonna come <laughs> back to wales and most of it will be through wales um but I think there are cake stops, so yeah. I'm happy with that.
2: And, and I think, yeah, it'd be great because um, I need to get a few more bits of kit and then um, trial them out properly. Yeah. Um, so that'd be a, a great sort of final... Well, not a final, but a, a, a pretty good. Yeah, um, to have a bit more dress kind of rehearsal, isn't it?
1: Kit, yeah, because I ha- What did I have this weekend? I had um my normal saddle bag, which I've used a lot before, and you have to pack it correctly, or else it just flops, and it did a bit of flopping today. Uh, I have a Topeak top bar bag, which is waterproof, which was great yesterday. Yeah, and yeah. then I've got this like I don't you call it a handlebar bag, which is probably the size of. Um, like a sports bottle. In terms of, you could probably drop a sports bottle into it. Not,
2: it wouldn't. I, I, tell, know, you, but, I tell you what, but, it looks like to me. Um, it, it looks like a like a climber's chalk yes. bag. That's what it looks. Yes.
1: like Yes. Okay, so it's like a climber's chalk bag, and you like attach it to your handlebar. So I only had one on one side, but that is brilliant for keeping food in and things mm. like that. So that was yeah, good. but access, yeah. yeah. But basically, we need to figure out if we're going to be bivvying How the heck do we then carry? Bivy, sleeping bag, sleeping mat, and whatever else we might need. So yeah, it's all fun and games. Yeah, Diane. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers indeed. Ryan Reynolds would be proud of that Wrexham Lager. You do know about Ryan Reynolds, right? And and Wrexham Football Club. Well, it is the talk of the village here, because word has it that he has brought a house in the village that we live in. We're just a few miles from Wrexham. I haven't seen him in the co-op yet. Anyway, from Ryan Reynolds to Matt Ryan.
0: Time for this week's interview.
1: So you have heard about our two days of training for the Pan-Celtic race. But Matt Ryan is the brains behind the Pan-Celtic race series. And I've been speaking to him all about it.
0: Essentially the Pan-Celtic race is, I would like to characterize it as a long bike ride. Some people come along to it and they will treat it as a race. So they'll be competitive throughout. They'll have um, a goal in mind. That's generally to get either a win or a top 10 or a top 15 or top 20 place. Other people treat it as a challenge. So they'll approach it and their goal will be to get to the end that can be get to the end in time for the finishing party, which is normal, which is always on the 10th night from when the race started. Or they'll just want to get to the end no matter how long it takes. So we've had some people, it take them up to um, 16 days to complete the course. That particular year, one person, it took them 16 days and the winner did it in five days. So there's um, a large spread of... Of finishing times basically yeah, yeah. I mean some people, some people will treat it as a tour so they'll come with no real goal in mind other than just to visit the different towns and places of interest that the route takes them to because that's part of the ethos of the race it's called the pan-Celtic race because it focuses on uh, the six modern-day Celtic nations which are Brittany, Cornwall, island scotland wales and the isle of man and they're known as the modern day celtic nations because that's where the language celtic language is still spoken you know in different amounts but that's where that's where it's still spoken and the race the event the route we always create it and design it so that it not only goes along really stunning roads, and it takes in some famous climbs, and it goes to some famous places. But it'll take you to some really obscure places, which um, you might not normally go to, but we're taking you there because they'll have some kind of um, historical significance, cultural significance, whether it's just a stone in the middle of a field, or it's a large burial mound, or like a couple of years ago, we went past Stonehenge. Everyone knows Stonehenge. Um, but, yeah, we designed the route to take people. So it's, it's without sounding cliché, it's as much a story as it is a cycle event. Um, so, yeah, a lot of thought goes into the design of it. It, it, it literally is a, a year-round project. I've already started designing next year's race, which will be the end of the five-year. So next next year is the end of the Pan-Celtic as people come to have come to know it because we started off with a five year plan and next year is the fifth year and that brings to close brings to an end the uh the five year plan that we've been working on oh, um, heck. So, do, yeah, do... so it's a lot of work
1: and, and and you work you have a job this is not this is not your full time job right yeah. i mean it probably is but
0: yeah i mean i shouldn't say this if my employers are listening i say this with tongue in cheek um but I spend a lot of my time and focus and energy uh, on the Pan-Celtic. I work full-time in the emergency services, so uh, I'm an emergency responder. And um, it's a job that I've done for 22 years, and it's a job I love. I love doing that job. Um, And the Pan-Celtic is just a real passion of mine. And in some ways, it goes hand-in-hand because uh, in my day job, uh, I... We, I'm there to serve people to try and you know make situations good when they're bad, and uh, I suppose possibly inverse actually because with the Pan Celtic I make things I make situations bad so people can have the real experience of you know of of triumphing through adversity, you know because that's 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 where you get the most out of something when you have to really you know sometimes struggle through it. A difficult situation some people don't struggle through the difficult situation some people just glide along having a merry old ride but yeah I think it's um um yeah anyway I'm sure you understand what I mean.
1: do you have a a passion about all things Celtic as well is 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 that why you designed the race in the or the event or the ride in the first place
0: yeah, so um, my dad's Irish, my mum is Welsh, so I'm a sort of a mix, if you like, of uh, those two Celtic uh, cultures and people. And yeah, it's something I think as I've got older, it's something that's become more important to me. As a child, you know, you're, you're I'm a Welsh kid, son of an Irish man, living in Wales, and um, you don't sort of understand or appreciate the importance of I don't know your background and. And the, the places where you live, where I lived in Conway growing up, there's a big castle there, and you just take those things for granted because they're just there on your doorstep. And you go up into the hills, and there's some burial mounds up there. And you just see them, you just take them for granted. But when you when you get older and you take the time to read about these things, and you you understand how um, just how how important they are and what they meant to the people and you know in their time and what they can tell us now about ourselves so yeah it's something that i've embraced more as i've got older and appreciated and come to come to love really in many respects proud proud i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: I completely and utterly get that sentiment. Absolutely. And where so where did the actual idea for this five-year project of the Pan Celtic, how did it come about?
0: I've always had a passion for cycling. I've always had bike a bike has always been a part of my life. Um and in my mid-twenties, that the bike sort of was left in the shed while I was going out drinking and pubbing and clubbing like you do. And then as I got older, the bike came back out and I got a new bike and then another bike. And I ended up with five, six, seven bikes, as people do. And then I managed to cull them. And so I've only got three main bikes now. Well, two, actually. Um, But, yeah, so I've I've done some bike racing in the past, British cycling, bike racing. And then I got into organising some races locally. Uh, We had um, a good run of racing. In the town where I live, San did know there's a, a mountain called the Great Orm, and I used to organise a, a race that would go around there and that became like a really popular one. Went for three years and then British cycling got quite heavy with risk assessments and so on. So it became unfeasible to run that race. And then I got into just doing longer rides myself and my bike, I'd go out, do 100 mile ride, 150 mile ride, 200 mile ride, and then I'd start setting myself challenges and I'd ride from here to London or I'd ride from here to Brighton or I'd ride from here up to the lakes and back, all sorts. And then I came across, the, like most people do, if you're into endurance racing, I came across the TCR, the Transcontinental Race, followed Michael and Christoph, the two guys that were sort of, in Christoph was the guy that was winning it most years and Mike was the organiser and I took part in that in 2017, had a great time. Had a had quite a, a neg- negative experience as well, which I won't go into here, but there was a negative side to that. And it was that negative experience that actually spurred me on to think, right, okay, I really love this type of racing. I really like the framework and what the TCR was about. But I think I can do it my own way and add my own spin to it and just bring my own personality and, and slant on it. And then I did another race in 2018 around Ireland's transatlantic way, and that sort of firmed up. Yeah, I want to do it. And my wife, Rebecca, she she has to take credit for it because she said to me, right, you, you, you know, you really need to do this yourself because you'd be so good at it. So that was the kind of catalyst. So then I had the idea that I wanted to organise something and I was out riding with my friend, Pete, and we were cycling down to South Wales. And I was saying to him, you know, I'm thinking of organising a race. And he said, well, what would you do it? And I said, well, maybe if we just, I'm thinking of a race that goes from Llandudno, North Wales, down to Cardiff, and then maybe back up. And he goes, yeah, that sounds good. And I thought, well, how about if we went down to Cardiff and then we crossed over to Ireland and then came up to Dublin and then came back to Llandudno?" It's like, wow, that sounds crazy. And then it just went from there then. And then I sort of batten the idea around. It's like, came across, it's my wife actually, it came up with the idea of the, the Pan-Celtic name. And then what does Pan-Celtic mean? And you look into it, it's like, oh, that means six modern nations. And then it just sort of formed from there. So it just grew, grew oh, from oh. there. And yeah.
1: so, right, you've already done Scotland, Ireland, Wales, Cornwall. This summer is going to be Brittany.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What kind of a treat are we in for, Matt?
0: For Brittany? Well, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I I went and rode the course last year in September. So um, uh, uh, myself and a good friend, Jack, Jack Ferguson. Um, it's funny, actually, because Jack had rode, he rode the Celtic last year and it's funny because he wrote the Pan last year and it was around ireland and he got halfway around the course and he asked he said oh listen i'm going to swap to the shorter route because i don't think i've got the long route in me so he ended up coming back to my house early than he expected and then two days after being at my house he said no i'm going back to ireland and i'm going to finish off the long route so he went off to ireland did the long route and he came back and then I got in touch with him about a week later saying, Listen, I'm thinking of going over to Brittany to to do a recce for the uh for the route next year. Do you want to come? And he was like, Yeah, I've got nothing doing. So that was it. He came. So we went over to Brittany. But the route for next year is it's something really, really, really special. It's like if you've ridden a pan Celtic race before which most people have because it's really lucky because we get people who, you know, have really bought into what we do and enjoy it. You know, a lot of people have ridden more than one or two. So anyone that's listening to this who's ridden a Pan Celtic already, this year's route is like nothing you've ridden before because all the routes up to now, even though you feel like you're in Scotland or you might be in Wales or an island, there's still a sort of kind of English or Britishness about it, you know, This language is still open. mostly, you know, you might hear the odd snippet, well, you will hear a lot of Welsh in Wales yeah. you might hear some Gaelic in Ireland but when you're in Brittany, it's Breton or it's French you know, so it's immediately, it feels like you're in a different country but it feels very, very familiar, it feels just like Wales, but with people speaking a, a foreign a, a different language it's weird, and the um, the course. It's the first day and a half. It's fairly flat, and it's fairly uh, rolling, but then it just picks up. It's a, it's a, it's a funny one because I'll tell you straight now. Now, as Ricky in the course, I rang Toby up after. So Toby is one of the people that organises it with me. There's myself, Toby, and I called Toby up after day two. And he said to me, what's it like? What's the course like? And I was like, "Mm, I'm not quite sure. You know, there hasn't been any really big climbs because a lot of pan Celtic races are the signature. One of the, you know, one of the aspects of it is there'll be a big climb somewhere or there'll be some crazy descent or there'll be. And this was just rolling sort of um, French countryside type of riding. And It's like, oh, doesn't sound good. And I was like, no, you know, let's see. But then after that, after like day one and a half, two, it just gets better and better and better. And there's points where you feel like you're on the French Riviera. It's gorgeous. So for me, I think um, I think this year is possibly going to be my favourite course that we've done so far. Having ridden it, I'd like to go back and ride it again this year again. Definitely, yeah. So it's yearing for a real, real treat. Some of the places we go through through Carnac and. Oh, just everywhere some of the towns and cities we go through Rennes is beautiful van is beautiful oh, uh, yeah. Bonn is lovely so uh San Malo is amazing uh, Mont Saint Michel superb so we go right up to that uh, wow. so you and that's just the Brittany side of it then you cross back over to the UK and then from Portsmouth you're coming up through um the Welsh borders um tracking offers Dyke um which is. Again, amazing. And then finishing in Slandidno again. So oh. it's it's great. That's what, what I love about it, is because you feel like you've seen it all, and then you'll get onto the ferry in Conn and you'll cross back over to Portsmouth. And it's like, oh my god, I've still got another few days of riding to go. This is ace, you know. so You're in for a real treat.
1: Oh, I I was actually, I was looking. um, So I'm doing the short route um, with Lori. We'll come on to that in a bit. But I was actually looking today and I was thinking, oh, yeah, by the time we get the ferry, we will be a tiny bit over halfway, but only a tiny bit. I I think in my head, I was thinking, oh, no, most of the France bit, that'll be the big chunk. And then we literally just have to get back to London. But no, it's still a hell of a lot of riding when we get back to uh, England yeah 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 <laughs> and right oh i do have a question actually matt on the bit where we end in landed in my head so i live possibly near the bit where we bang a left to go along the north wales coast um obviously we're not going on the a55 which is uh, the main road uh, on the north wales coast where where do we go
0: Well, I haven't released this part of the route. We haven't released any of the full route, but um, we're going to be taking in some of the coastal path, the cycle path, so from Prostatin along that way. Because by that point, even the people that will be racing the event or people that will be wanting to get like a a finishing position, the average speed of the winner is only about 13 to 14 miles per hour over the entirety of the event. And um, so it's not like... I have to explain this to sort of local authorities when I'm explaining to them about the route and we're going through, uh, you know, where it's passing through their county. It's not like um, what you've seen a Tour de France where there's a huge peloton of riders. You know, they, certainly by the time they get to into the UK and mid Wales and up to North Wales, it's going to be so strung out. You, you, well, I'm not imagining this to be any high-speed racing. Who knows? But um, yeah, it'll be along the coastal path. I think for me, that's... It's a really nice finish because the riders will have maybe 30 miles of generally flat terrain alongside the coast, which is lovely. The, the views are lovely along there. And um, it'll be um, off the road. It'll be, on, you know, away from traffic. So it sort of ticks all the light boxes. And then once you get into Colwyn Bay and through Roeson Sea, and then you get onto Sandidno Promenade, and then you go around the Great Orme and then yeah finishing up there so it's great it's really good really good
1: oh it, it's funny actually that you because i i i was wondering about that i was thinking i wonder if we do go on the uh on the coastal path on the cycle path and i thought no i'm sure they wouldn't but on the graphic that you would put out it looked really bang on the coast and i'm like well the only other road is the a55 so that's great news i walked uh from abigaily to Conway with my mum last summer so over- so that was good so yes I know that bit but that's good um Matt how on earth do you actually come up with the route you were saying about going and wrecking it but how do you do the research to know where you want to take the route
0: yeah so again that's um so um for example with the Brittany one this year for me it's a case of right we're going to go to Brittany and we want to we're going to arrive in Brittany Uh, in San Malo I had that in my head from the start San Malo is going to be where we're going to be arriving so we're going to be starting in San Malo and then it's a case of basically doing some research going to Google and typing in megalithic sites or places of cultural interest Celtic places you know burial grounds all these type of things and there's lots of websites out there lots of information as you can imagine and then I'll get a big actual paper map and then I'll put pins in it quite literally put pins in where all these different places are and then I'll do the second sort of level of research then is um, famous cycling routes or um, beautiful cycling paths or what what have you and then I'll just basically and then just start pulling it all together just looking at what Strava heat maps is quite a good one just to sort of get an idea of where people will ride and where people don't ride because what I don't want to do is be planning a route going along roads where the locals themselves wouldn't ride, you know, so um, heat maps is really good for that. And then I up for the, for the, uh, for this year's route, because it's uh, a place I didn't know a great deal about. I've only ridden over there once before. One of the riders who took part on the first Pan-Celtic, a guy called John, John John-Michel Rivoir. But anyway, I got in touch with John-Michel because he lives over, in France, not in Brittany, but just close, and asked him if he'd be, um, be able to, like, you know, recommend any particularly good cycling routes, and he put me in touch of another guy called Arno. So Arno helped me put together the route as well. So, you know, between the three of us, it's it's, uh, it's a lot, you know, it's a, well, yeah, a lot of people in to come up with this thing. And then what we also do eventually, Toby's going out to recce, the last well a section from Portsmouth up to up to Wales we've had some input on that already but I told, we, you know we need to say it ourselves as the organisers. so Toby's going to you that once we've once Toby's happy with that we'll release the route and we'll put it out so all you riders and participants can have a look at it and then that's our final kind of check if you like because we'll ask the competitors that everybody you know if you've if you know anything that we've missed please let us know and That's happened before now because, you know, despite me spending hours and hours and hours researching it and doing everything I can do and then actually going out there and seeing it as well, that will never trim actual local knowledge. Eventually, it's, it's signed off and it's good to go.
1: I'm very excited. I am very, very excited. And why have you decided to, like, provide a route rather than something like the which you mentioned before the transcontinental where you have to design your own route
0: yeah so that's that's a good question there's probably a few reasons why for me ultimately if i'm taking on the mantle of being a race organizer i take on responsibility Mm. to make sure that the event is as safe as it can be and the problem I see with leaving people to navigate their own routes is that you don't know how good people are at navigating or pl- route planning. So, from a point of safety, I think it's more it's safer for me to plot a route and to risk assess the route and to let all the different local authorities and emergency services know which what we do uh, know that there's an event happening. So then they might take then appropriate measures because they're expecting cyclists to pass through their, you know, through their county. If I left it up to the riders to just decide a route, you could have some people that would plot a route that is really well thought through, considers all of the risks, considers all different aspects of, you know, of riding the long distance. But then there might be some people who aren't particularly good at that or have got no experience of it. And they're riding off and who knows what. You know what they, where they could end up. We drive the entire route, or we'll cycle the entire route, and we'll note down, you know, things that are good, that are bad. And if things aren't great, then we don't go down that particular road. We know we'll, we'll we'll look for an alternative. If you're plotting your own route, unless you've got the time and energy and space to do that, you don't know what you're encountering until you get there. So that's one aspect. The other aspect, which I think is really good, and I think it sort of adds to the character of our race and other similar races, is that our event is about riding your bike. It's not about riding your bike and designing a route. So it takes that element away from people so they can just focus on the route. And the good thing is, is that everyone's on the same route. If you know, so when I rode the TCR, I think, you know, you might go, 10, 12 hours, you might go a couple of days and not see anybody. And it can be quite lonely and it can be, you know, that can be a good thing because it's a challenge, you know, and it's um and it's more personal, if you like, that way. But for me, I like it when I've done events similar to ours where the route's provided, because you'd be riding along, and you just you know, you just constantly seeing different people, and you know, it just buoys you along and you form relations, relationships are on the way, and you might have you know small little battles or races within races and it's just better so um i personally prefer to provide a route it just works better for me
1: what about the split between people who bivy and people who stay in b&bs are the preferred options does it come down to what the weather's like is there yeah
0: yeah so again it's it's just just down to individual choice it can be uh, you know budget can be a consideration of staying in a in a an airbnb or b&b or a hotel every night can be expensive and it can be a difficult pill to swallow when you know that you're only going to be in there for three or four hours and you won't even necessarily get breakfast you might get there at midnight and leave at four or five so if you've got really deep pockets then yeah that's fine but then vivian is what i always would tend to do you know, on these type of races, because it just gives you much more flexibility. It's such you, you if you're you've got good legs and you're riding really well that day, and you get to your hotel and it's still seven o'clock in the evening, and you have got you know you fancy I could still ride for another five hours or three hours. You know, unless you're going to cancel that hotel and lose the money, you're going to stay in the hotel. You know, so Vivian is to me is a, is the uh, is a choice I'd go for, but it is down to individual choice. I think you get more if you bivvy out. You get you get the greater experience.
1: Is it quite a beginner friendly event? Having so, I've I've done cycle touring. Um, I've done like I don't know multiple hundred mile days, but then stayed in B and B's, but planned it all ourselves, so just with my husband, but packed very very lightly. So I've done that, but I've never done a bike packing event like this is it quite a beginner friendly thing
0: yeah definitely and so i would say it definitely is and what we do just to give people a taste of it if you like we do um at least twice a year we'll have what we call a gathering um so we've got one in june just a month before this year's race it's free to come along to so we're going to be doing one in chester this year so yeah anyone can come along if you're riding the pan Celtic come along, even if you're just interested in riding the pan you can come along. We'll go off and do it like a 50 mile ride, it's easy pace and it's, you know, we're not, not beasting each other. And then we'll um, either stay in a hostel. I think we are going to be aiming to stay outside this time. Um, we've stayed in carports. We've stayed in hostels. Um, we stayed in factories before now on the floor in Leeds. Yeah. So it, it We we like to try and give people, you know, an opportunity to just to see what other people are doing, to get hands on with the kit, try the kit out. But if you're not able to come to a gathering, then there's nothing stopping people from just going out and doing a, you know, 70 mile ride and just finding a nice field somewhere late on in the evening and just sleeping. It's, I can remember the first time I did it and I I was worried that, you know, I'd I had it in my head, I'd be asleep somewhere and some weird guy would come up to me and start, you know, kicking off on me or something. But those things do not happen at all. Unless you're going to sleep in the middle of a city, you know, on a bench, then I mean, you will attract people. But certainly where we're going in France and where we've been up to now, no one's ever had any negative experience sleeping outside because, you know, by the time you're looking to get to sleep, it might be 11, half 11, 12, 1, and everyone's asleep already in their own homes. You know, they don't have weird people just just wandering around the countryside looking for cyclists to sleep. So that stuff doesn't happen. You know, it's a an easy thing for new people to access and try. Mm.
1: Do, do you think anyone can do this kind of thing?
0: Yeah, definitely. The only thing that stops people is themselves and their own preconceptions. Last year, we had a lady called Mel, who's a... In uh, on the podcast? By... yeah. And she she was just amazing, inspirational person. She's a hand hand cyclist. Um, she has to ride an adaptive sort of recumbent bike. We've had people in their seventies. We've had we had a thirteen year old youngster a complete two pan celtics with his dad. So it really is open to and if you can ride eighty miles in a day, and you can do it the next day, then you'll be at the finishing party, drinking beer. So you know, and you don't even have to be in the finishing party. You could take two weeks and ride forty miles a day, and just come in whenever it takes. So, there's nothing stopping anyone from doing it.
1: That's filled me with uh, that's filled me with good vibes. Um, I've got a few questions from Lori for you. Uh, so, Matt, if you entered this year, as in you personally, uh, would you race it or would you enjoy it?
0: Um, I'd have to race it. I'd have to race. it. <laughs> And, but that's not to say I, I wouldn't enjoy it, not racing it, because, um, because, wow, we're in France. You know, we're in Brittany. And when I rode it in September doing the recce, Jack and I, obviously, we weren't racing. We were just riding. And we were struggling to get up to 100 miles some days. You know, some days it'd be 80 miles, and we'd just call it. And then each night we'd have a nice drink and some food. And it was a lovely holiday. It took us nine days to do nine hundred miles, um, so, and that was a lovely experience and an experience I'd repeat tomorrow. The reason I'd say that I was going to race it this year is that I've got some I've got some scores I want to settle with some people who are riding: Chris Piclardo, Paul Wainwright, Stephen Haynes, Boswell. Somebody because that's the thing about organizing these races. You, you can't really ride in yourself. I can't go and race it because I'm the organiser and I need to be there in case something happens or, you know, I just need to be there, you know, following it all. But um, I would like to be able to race some of the guys that have been racing the event over the years and just to, just to see how I fared against them. I'd probably get my uh, ass kicked, but who knows.
1: For the short route, what is the average duration that people tend to take?
0: Average, uh, average, probably about seven to eight days. Yep. Yeah, seven to eight days. And the
1: um, long? Um,
0: uh, I'd say most people are aiming to get there for the tenth night. So I'd say on average, people that you know, most people are uh, the majority of people are arriving by the tenth night.
1: Uh, and I guess part of the actually having a shorter option and a lot longer option, just opens it up to a few more people maybe if you can't take the leave to do the longer one things like that and just perhaps starting shorter doesn't feel quite so
0: intimidating yeah that's right so it's um so the original idea about coming up the short route wasn't so much uh, you know to offer you know something that's lesser than the long route it's, it was more a case of uh, it's my friend is he couldn't um at the time, he was saying that, you know, we would struggle to get away for more than a week. So it's like, well, how can we do it? Well, we'll offer something a bit shorter. So, you know, you'll have people, the people, there were people that come and race the, the short route and they're, you know, they're absolutely killing it, you know, and they're, you know, um they're putting in huge efforts. So we don't actually call it the short route, we call it the shorter route. Hmm. It's uh, because it's nothing you know it's nothing lesser that it's still as hard you know as as difficult as as longer route it's just the longer route just takes to do it so it's the shorter route yeah it's 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 as much as a challenge if not more you know in some ways because people think to themselves well I've only you know I've only got 800 miles to ride both of them are difficult both are challenge.
1: Laurie also asks three things apart from a bike obviously three things not to leave at home.
0: Um, passport. Genuinely, don't leave your passport at home. Um, if I've got my race organisers head on, I'd say do not leave your medical and travel insurance behind because we have going over to Brittany. Um, but don't leave at home. Um, definitely bring, bring you definitely bring a spare rear light because that's really important. Um, an air mat. I always take an air mat with me. Some people don't bother. They just like to sleep, you know, on grass or the, or concrete. But for me, sleep is um, really important. And when you sleep, you want to have good quality sleep. So you want to make sure that um, you, you, you don't want something like a cold floor stopping you from sleeping. You want to get you know, five, six hours of good sleep. Um, salt tablets as well salt tablets
1: interesting and uh yeah what about a backup for so if you've got like your nav system navigation thing what about if that runs out of juice
0: it shouldn't run out of juice you should have redundancies built into your kit if you like so i don't know a battery pack are you running a dynamo no no so and what do you have is it a garmin or something like this
1: Oh, I think she has a, a Wahoo. I don't have one yet. I need to buy one.
0: Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you can also have it on your phone. so, oh, okay. Yeah, so you can have the route on your phone. Um. Have Consider, you know, think to yourself, right, okay, if my Garmin or my bicycle computer breaks or runs out of juice and I have to rely on my phone, how can I have my phone clipped onto my handlebars? You can get what do they call like a quad lock for your phone. <laughs> Um, or you can get some really sort of like cheap, low-tech kind of bungee straps that will just hold your phone on the underbar So if you needed to, so you could you could nav off that.
1: What about the old old school map of Brittany, Matt?
0: Yeah, so uh, we had we we've had we we've had we had the, uh, one guy do it off paper, and that's amazing. I mean, I, I love that personally. As we've, we've talked about, maybe just banning technology from it one year. You know, going really back to our Celtic roots, back to the day when. You know, there's no such thing as electricity and what have you. Uh, I think everyone's just too comfortable with their electronic devices. and Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we'd like call it. It's all right running the event for maybe two weeks while people are out there, but I can imagine people getting really lost if we didn't have, if they had to rely on paper maps. And the finish line would be outside my house for a couple of months. So uh, yeah, I think we'll stick with <laughs> stick with stick with that for now.
1: And I, I actually have one other question. Um, yeah. I mean, God, I have a million, but I'm not going to ask a million questions yeah. now. If you're able to stay in B and B's, are you able to stay at friends' houses if they're on the route?
0: Well, technically, no, because the the idea is is that it's self supported, self reliant, and all of the um, services have to be accessible for everybody. So it's like saying there was a bike shop that only you had access to; no one else was allowed to have it. I'd have to say to you, "Well, you can't use that either because nobody else can." So, it's that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. if you've got a friend, if yeah, it's, no, it's
1: good. It's good to know. It's good to know. Uh, and yeah, um, Matt, your favorite thing about about the whole pan Celtic vibe?
0: Meeting people. And making new friends. That for me, that's been the biggest thing that's kept us going because um, it hasn't been. Um, have, we haven't, you know, it's it's been a, a, a labor of passion for us. We haven't made money from it up until I think maybe we broke broken even this year. But up to now, you know, I'm spending as many hours a week focusing on the pan Celtic as I do my day job, so I have. You know, it reduces the amount of time I have to do my the stuff I like, like riding the bike and just hanging out with friends. I'm always thinking about the race. And there's been times when you think to yourself, you know, why am I doing it? You know, What are we getting from it? But then, you know, when I just think of all the people I've come to meet, and then I think to myself all the people I'm going to meet in the future as well, and the places it's taken me. You know, I wouldn't have gone and cycled around Brittany last year if it wasn't for the Pan-Celtic, and I had a great time doing that. And we went down to Bristol in January to a, um, a film showing down there, which some riders had organised themselves. It was a pan-Celtic-themed night, a film showing in Bristol, and they wouldn't have organised that film showing. We wouldn't have been down in Bristol if it wasn't for the pan-Celtic. you know. So it's just taken me to some amazing places, and I've got to know so many cool people. And I've got to make some really, really, really close friends and good friends out of it, like Jack, who came on the recce with me. I wouldn't have met Jack if it wasn't for the Pan-Celtic. And and then we have the sponsors that have been involved from the start. Um, We've got Enigma and Restrap and Albion and Exposure Lights. And we've had some new ones come on recently, Sturka. But those people started off as just strangers who we went and met back in 2019. Pitching the idea of the race, and they signed up and said we'd support it. And now those people have become like really close friends. Yeah, it's taken us places and got some neat people. It's been an incredible journey for us. We were talking about it as Toby, Rebecca, and myself talk about the other night just how how special the last four or five years have been, even though it's been hard and difficult. And there's times where you do wonder why you do it, but when you see that the people in the school, it's good.
1: What's going to happen after next year, Matt, when, you've, when it's the fifth one? What's, yeah. what's going to happen after that?
0: Next year it ends. It's the end of the pan-Celtic five-year plan. There will be something after it, but we set out with this idea of all the Celtic nations in five years, with the fifth year next year being what I've called the magnum opus for your greatest work. That's what it means. The idea being that if you've ridden two or more and celtic races you're then qualified to take part in our magnum opus originally it had been planned to be a race that would take in all six Celtic nations in one go but when I sat down and started to sketch out the groove or sketch out you know how long it would take I think it would take about a month and <laughs> and you know I think there'd probably be maybe a handful of Hardcore pan Celtic riders that would find the month in their annual leave to take to do it, but we do now have a um, a, a plan that's sort of crystallising for the magnum opus next year. It's going to be weird. It's you know, you know, you know you've like, been working on something, you know, it's going to come to an end, but it's just I can't really quite put it into words. It's just um, it just makes sense to end the five year series with what we're doing next year it's, it's almost poetic in how we're ending it but then we then move into phase two the next five years which will be different to what we've done so this five year has been a specific laid out plan of celtic nations i bet we're going to do something else something really exciting oh
1: bro Matt, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to meeting you in the flesh. I cannot wait. It's going to be something entirely different. And um, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. And I'm so glad that we've got a spot.
0: Yeah, can't wait to see you riding it because I'll be following along in the Welsh embassy. And I'll be doing the horns and waving your along. I'll be smart. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Inside tri Show. If you want to get in touch or get a little bit more information on anything, then reach out to Helen on Instagram or Twitter at InsideTriShow.
1: By the way, if this is the first time that you've heard the podcast, maybe you were listening for the interview with Matt. There are some other ones in the archive that might appeal. Fiona Kolbinger, winner of the transcontinental race. Also, Michael Broadwith, 24-Hour Maths. Um, He's got the record from Land's End to John O'Groats. Basically, there's loads of stuff in there. You'll probably find something that you like. Hannah Grant, uh, she was a chef on the Tour de France. So, yeah, plenty of stuff. And if you're a regular listener, you like what I do, you want to support the podcast, you can – You can sign up to be a patron of the podcast, it's patreon.com forward slash inside trishow and patrons of the show get a couple of extra patron only episodes and the latest one is of me being interviewed actually so you can find out a little bit more about me. Anyway, Form swim are sponsoring the podcast every other week at the moment to help keep you motivated as you swim. For a 15% discount, head over to formswim.com forward slash pages forward slash inside trishow. You can also get 20% off sports nutrition at otesports.co.uk. It's award-winning nutrition. They fuel the likes of the Brownie Brothers and Georgia Taylor-Brown, so you can get stocked up. The code you need is... Inside-try-20 for 20% off. The links are in the show notes, so do go and check that out. There are also links to get discounts and things in the fortnightly newsletter that I send out. You can sign up to that at insidetryshow.com forward slash links. Anyway, that is it for this week. So, thank you very much for listening. Happy training, happy racing, and we'll catch up again next week.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.